The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good times. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicole. <laughs> My spirit's broken, and Nicole's back is almost broken. It's a great <laughs> yeah. day. It's a great day. <laughs> yeah. I know. you. That was like a sing-songy robot. It was uh-huh. an interesting one. Yeah. I just, it's been one of those days where it's not terrible, but it's not great. It's like the NPC of life, like the day. <laughs> It's just moving about the cabin as normal, but nothing really remarkable to say anything about. It's fine. Boring is fine. Well, I'm also mildly traumatized by the lions. I'm not going to lie to you. That took so much of my energy and effort for emotional purposes yesterday watching that game. And I woke up with a game hangover, like emotional hangover from watching it. Yeah, <sighs> it it was um, nerve wracking for sure. And I went and met up with some people at the bar and left at halftime or like beginning of the third. And I was like, okay, well, I'll see you guys for Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, thank you for jinxing it. Appreciate <laughs> That's that. That's what, yeah. I basically received text messages how it was my fault that the Lions turned into a completely different team in the third quarter. I don't, at one point, my brother texted me and he's like, well, that's it. And I, like, I hadn't even really gotten myself like back home and situated like I took the dogs out and stuff and then before you know it my brother's like that's it and I'm like what yep well, what took- happened when I left it was like 24 7 eight minutes that's all it took eight minutes <laughs> hey I mean fuck it that was just I'm- practice for next year it's all I'm gonna say yeah I mean I'm not really like a football fan you know lion's Fandom has been in my family, and it's kind of like you don't, don't you don't you have, have a choice. choice. No, you don't have a choice. Um, but I don't really, you know, watch football. So it's it is a moment, though. It was something that you wanted to be a part of. Like 100%. the energy at the bar is like on fire. You know, yeah. the fact that the whole Ford Field Stadium was packed with people watching the game just to be there like I didn't realize that was an option until later on in the season because I would have totally gone down there but like there's so many people out there like that guy that was crying you know was because of his dad passing away like that's me that's a lot of us in this generation of people that watch this game called football with the Lions Mm -hmm. being the (laughs) star like it's just such a it's such a cool time to be a fan and mm-hmm. a cool time to see the city come together regardless of where you're from what you look like mm-hmm. well Everybody's i mean and to be quite frank Honolulu blue yeah. most of america was on the lion's side yeah because <laughs> fuck the 49ers purdy had his time like but whatever we got this far and we know what we need to do next year. Kick field goes, <clears throat> Dan Campbell. So <laughs> I am not calling it a defeat. It's just practice for next year. But yeah, I'm a little emotionally hungover from that. <laughs> mm. And it also impacted my hoe of history this week. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I was queued up to do women in football because at one point there was a women's professional football league, just like the baseball league that showed up, you know, for that movie. I can't remember what it's called. A league of their own. Yeah. Same thing happened in football. And I thought it would be so fun to do that. And I just got so upset. I said, never mind. And I went back to somebody that I started, but kind of didn't finish. But now here we are. Okay. Well, it wasn't the women in football's fault. Oh, I know that, but I'm just sad. Like I'm emotionally hungover. (laughs) You're like, fuck them all. I did yesterday. I was very upset. It was kind of funny because typically I'm the positive person in the relationship. I'm always like, oh, you know, it's okay. We'll do better next time. And he's usually the one that's like, I'm so upset. This is the end of the world. The sky is falling. And we switched roles last night. He was like, it's going to be okay. It's We got this far. And I was like, fucking pissed. I'm fucking pissed. Why didn't he do that? Like, I was the angry man throwing my hat at the TV. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a hat on. And I'm not a man. But, you know, you can mm-hmm. understand. So, yeah. We just had to move on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, then we will move on to the the hoe of history that you have selected for today. Yes, we will. Are we ready? I'm ready. So ready. how I came about this hoe, I, she's not even really a hoe. Well, okay. Let me just say it. So I was at my sister's house in October timeframe and we were my mom's sister and I, my sister was working. My mom was sleeping, I think. And I was up doing some cooking or something. So I was listening to a show. Mm-hmm. And the show that I listened to named this lady. So I went ahead and looked her up. And I'm going to tell you the story. I don't want to give away too much just yet because it's crazy, kind of. So without further ado, this is Lucille Rickson. Born... Okay. Born Ingborg Myrtle Elizabeth Erickson, and she was dubbed the youngest leading lady. She was born in August 20, uh, she was born in August of 1910 on the 22nd in Chicago to Danish immigrants named Samuel and Ingborg Nielsen Erickson. So I don't know about you, but this is the first time from that era I've seen a woman name her child after herself versus the man. You know what I mean? Like, Typically, you get the male juniors, but you don't get the female juniors. Well, she was a female junior. <laughs> that was popular. We've talked about it several times. Oh, okay. Well, that's the first story. It's sticking now because it's the first story that, that I've you've done. had. To- <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm like, I'm I've those- had to do it multiple times because I'm like, do you remember that one story where I was like, Mary Senior and Mary Junior? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do now. See, see, see. But I think that Sarah's <laughs> world, I'm one of those people that I can't. I have to go through the process to learn it, you know. <laughs> I have to burn myself in order to learn it. It's hot. It's cool. It's a great time. <clears throat> okay, so she was born in Chicago. She did have an older brother who was born in 1907. Both she and her brother Marshall were actually um, early actors, 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 actresses in silent films. So it kicks off with by the time she could literally put her child in front of a camera. That's exactly what her mother did. Uh, She was just barely able to walk when mom started her modeling career for her by taking her to an agency and having her model for various publications. So in the 20s, 
or I'm sorry, in the early 1900s, like the 1910s and 20s, photography was kind of like a budding industry, but models were the way, you know, for young women, especially to kind of make it onto the scene. And her mom expected that this would be a decent revenue for her income revenue. So that's what she did. Um, so by the time she was five, she took her to the Assany Studios where she signed her up for film work. And soon after, she was cast as Baby Erickson in The Million Dollar Baby that uh, aired in 1915. So she was five by that time the movie came out. So you can imagine she had done a lot of work pre that movie Mm -hmm. just to build her portfolio up. And you can't even believe the pictures of her from when she was like a baby. It's creepy a little bit because they have lipstick on her. You can tell they did her Mm. hair. It's really yes so the first image that i found i think might that might be the youngest image of her is from a thing called little bit of heaven and again it's it's like cute it's like cupid style babies like embracing each other so it's like adult mannerisms but very child children child images Mm. you know gross Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and with this all of this you know pedophilia stuff coming around this is like the perfect opportunity to have this discussion so <laughs> i as i write this is also when questionable photos started surfing. it seems like there was a real big push to make her baby seem older right from the jump like i said she had makeup on they curled her hair specific, like in on purpose um by the time that she was actually four years old she got rid of her like government name and went strictly by lucille rickson she and her brother started off strong in their careers and became a revenue stream for the, the family just to straight up rely on. Um, what did, so, did it say what dad did for money? Or no, no, no. But I imagine that mom was like wore the pants in the family because as they neared the 1920s, they were on the rocks. I can't imagine why. This is Sarah assuming here that mom was pushing them to be workhorses and dad was like i don't feel comfortable with this i don't know if this is a good idea and mom was like well what the fuck are you gonna do to make this family money and he was like i guess nothing and then she was like well fuck you i'm leaving that's sarah's Mm. world right Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so by the time she was eight her parents had actually split up and mom did move the kids to hollywood at the request of samuel goldwyn so you know the goldwyn productions movie Mm -hmm. production company the samuel Mm -hmm. goldwyn requested them to join him in hollywood and so um i hope that this is not a spoiler but i was watching god ollie this is probably the most annoying thing for listeners is when you're like i was watching this one show (laughs) with no description and i can't remember the title but um there was there were um a lot of i'll say like 12 to 14 year olds who were dressed up and put lipstick on and like made to look like adults and um they were actually posing like partially nude and ew stuff like that well yeah so, no, i don't think she was in she was definitely involved in that though was she okay. oh yeah hunter p there's another okay remember the matahari remember her she had mm-hmm. those really elegant outfits with those really big draping like uh, cloth. Like she'd drape over her whole body and it would be sheer and gorgeous, but you know, captivating mm-hmm. at the same. 
she has pictures of that of her doing that when she was like a cherub child like it's disgusting and a little disturbing Mm -hmm. so yes i imagine she was part of that Mm -hmm. um so but she got as she got older she actually at 11 years old was asked to uh, star as a female lead in a comedy series called The Adventure of Edgar Pomeray, um, which had about 12 installments. And this is where it kind of really started for her. She was the leading female and it kind of kickstarted like people paying attention to her, gave her an opportunity to really shine. Cause again, um, or not again but she was a she was the star female star but i don't think that there were a lot of other females in the actual series i think it was um a lot of boys so um she did though have a blast being herself she was a child on set at the time so she was with other kids she could play be rambunctious um you know just really kind of hang out and be a kid Here's the crazy part, though. This is the part that just blows me away to this day. She was so much more mature for her age than I think people, well, not people, but I think that she should have been. By the by the time she was 12 years old, she wrote a letter to the director, E. Mason Hopper, calling him the most patient child's director I have ever known. I wrote, sis, you're 12. Like, there's no way. But she had been in the industry for long enough and had so much experience at that point she felt it necessary to handwrite a thank you letter to this director which is really the only handwriting you can do but then like looking at the picture of the letter itself her handwriting is impeccable it does not look like a fucking child wrote this by any stretch of and like the words she was using insane well because she's got to read all the time for scripts right but like i mean her vocabulary is going to be much more widespread than a normal kid and i'm sure she has to make like edits and changes and things sure, to scripts sure, sure, sure. And, you know yeah i don't know who knows all i know is that like, and she's probably um uh schooled on set I, I don't know probably but her like cap- the capability that she had to just comprehend adult version of life was there way young Mm. um so she was absolutely perceived as older acted older and after the next gig where she was she and some of her castmates were actually cast it's called the old nest it was a film based on a short story by rupert hughes she was taken on a tour around the country to promote the edgar series and so in that time she was you know traipsed around the country trying to get everybody to watch this show you know it was like a road show basically Mm -hmm. super rough schedule but this child was so diligent about documenting her entire life in her journal it is unreal there are pages and pages and pages of handwritten memories that are accompanied by images taken of her in different places with different people and each photo had like a creative caption under it so for sure she was spending her time documenting all this stuff making sure that she got her pictures she would cut them out put them like paste Hmm. them into this book so she not had like, like dear diary no she had like my a scrap- mom was yeah mean she had a scrapbook yeah dear, dear diary <laughs> jimmy and i ugh, he likes Susie so much yeah no. yeah yeah but yeah so like a lot of the history that this girl's of this girl is actually captured in her own writings in her own journal 
<laughs> um, so after the series and the short gig, she appeared in twelve more than 12 films from 1920 to 1921 alone. Like, again, remember, producing a film wasn't that much work back then. There wasn't a lot of digitizing. It was just shoot, compile, produce. Like, shoot, compile, produce. Yeah. So she was just going and going and going. And in my head, they were overextending her at that point. She's still a child. She doesn't well, know how to protect herself. Yeah. She doesn't know that she has to go to bed. You know, all of these things. Yeah. And Except her mom's uh sitting there going like we gotta get the money while it's good you would never know right. when we're gonna get another gig yeah you know? exactly yeah. Uh, these young women and children you know female children we're not making a lot of money so she's in the front of the camera more and more at the hand of all the adults around her by the time she was 12 she was perceived as a full-grown adult by most and was cast in the comedy called the married flapper in 1992 or 1922 by then, her opportunity started to coming in in droves, and by 22, she was contracted with actor and director Marshall Nelian, who cast her in a successful drama, The Stranger's Banquet, which she was alongside some of the industry's leading adult names. Um, by 1923, she was off to the races, playing the lead in a movie called Rendezvous with Marshall. So, um, not she was not quite 13 years old. The studio press declared she was 16, though, making her the and calling her the youngest leading lady in the movies. In this movie, she played a deaf peasant and unhappy wife of a Russian official named Vera. 13. Oh, my God. Yes. Marshall Nelian. 13. One visiting reporter wrote, those Edgar Kami's were Lucille's only childhood, the only chance to play with her children her own with children her own age. That is what makes her different. It is almost uncanny how different she is. It makes you sorry. It makes you glad. You see those long pigtails flying in the wind and cheeks snapping with bright color instead of the all-day session playing. Um <laughs> You long to see those pigtails flying in the wind and cheeks snapping with bright color instead of the all-day season playing the wife or the abused wife of a horrid Russian, interpersed with reading about Bernhardt take talking with older men and women. So, because she was cast as an older person in these movies, she was surrounded by older people. Mm -hmm. So her social topics were all those that were very heavy and i can't imagine she fully understood the depth of all of them as she was talking so another mildly disturbing role in 1923 was her role as ginger in the john griffith ray directed drama human wreckage a drug prevention film produced in by and starring actress dorothy davenport this film was made in reaction to the death of davenport's husband actor wallace reed as a result of his morphine addiction again She's 12, 13 max at this time. These are topics no child should ever have to fucking deal with, let alone try to interpret to be an actress for. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Shit just keeps getting grosser, though. Her two besties yeah, at Yeah, but time... at the same time, I'm thinking about current shows. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, and... I'm thinking this is probably all just a pattern that we're watching happen now in real time. <laughs> And like think about like the wire, right? Like yeah. it was mostly kids. Yeah. I mean, obviously in a lot of movies and television, they try to cast people who are 
older who are adults that just happen to look younger. You know, they have 30 year olds playing high school students. Hilarious um, to me. But I mean, that's partially the reason why. I mean, also, I mean, it, there's child labor laws now, and <laughs> I don't know what time those kicked in, but um, there's children are only allowed to have so many hours on a set per day. And so when you use children who are actually children, it right. impedes your production. So part of the using adults who look like children is a way around it as well. Right. Um, I mean, but, just look at the show Glee. Look at what they did yeah. with those people. Holy fuck. Yeah. What a nightmare. Right. Um, but I imagine in her time, there were no child protection laws. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> not even close to it. So things keep getting grosser and grosser and grosser. Her two besties at the time were Sydney Chaplin and Marshall Nelian, who were known in the industry as skirt chasers and bad boys. Mm. In December of 1923, their Billboard newspaper noted Lucille and Chaplin had recently married. Damn. Disgusting. How, though? Disgusting. Um, there were no laws around children. I feel like by that time, they're... There was a minimum. I'm age. sure her. I'm she probably sure. lied. Well, she no, the studio. Lied, right? So, like, the studios back in that era had more control over people than parents sometimes. So, it could be that he married her to keep her age under wraps. You know what I mean? So, he could mm. take. Re- There's so much turmoil and darkness in this story that just never came to light because of the shady shit that was going on. It's pretty mm. crazy. So in the first seven months of 1924, she was insanely busy. She ended up completing 10 films in the span of time. Images taken at that point show her looking just straight the fuck up exhausted. You can see the bags under her eyes, even with the cameras they took pictures of her with in that era. It finally caught up to her and she was just exhausted. She was, and I quote, fighting for her life while showing face in public. She was breaking down in private. So Mm. at that point, mom knew she could tell and shame on her for not telling sooner. Mom decided to send her into seclusion, hoping it would help her daughter recover. So at that point, she was having a nervous breakdown. She was malnourished. She wasn't sleeping. She was having a fucking time, like complete, complete breakdown. And how old is she she at this point? Oh, um, in 1924, she's 14. Oh, God. Yeah. So she desperately tried to keep the emotional, the emotional, using air quotes, the emotional breakdown private, but it leaked and her mother offered zero information other than it's a nervous breakdown. That's all. No, she can't think of working now. Not for four months, at least. She must have rest. Lots of it. After that, perhaps making freaking headlines that way. That's it. So Lucille's doctor was a little more candid. I'm going to read directly from it. Miss Rickson is a high-strung, enthusiastic girl full of ambition and energy. She crowded too much work into too short of a time and overtaxed her capacities. Other youthful stars have done the same thing. The result is that she has had a complete physical and nervous collapse, so complete that she has not rallied from it as she should. So... She was in a bad way. Like, yeah, total meltdown at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Her brother, Marshall, quit school so he could start helping the fam with finances. So where did all the fucking money go? If she's starring in all of these films, where's all of her money? She should have tons of it, right? Well, that's not why if I she's think... paying every single bill. Well, not that's if she's why she's keeping I... the lights on. Or that's why I think potentially Sydney Chaplin married her to take it from her. Again, I feel like there's so much more shit going on than they're willing to stay. So sadly, one morning her mother was in her bedroom fixing her bed and all of a sudden the screams of Lucille forced her brother to drop whatever the fuck it was he was doing to run to her bedroom where he would find his mother collapsed over Lucille in bed fucking passed away from a heart attack just two days shy of her 45th birthday her mom died on her daughter like we was she sick we have no idea this caused Lucille to sink even deeper into her depression and had her Hollywood fram for support. Her father, he was around. He ended up moving and only lived a few minutes away from the family. So, like, I imagine mom kept him away, kept him giving him enough information just to feed him information, but really ultimately was, like, the orchestrator of everything. Mm-hmm. And, like, he wanted to get back into the family, but she wouldn't let him. So... Yeah, I mean, mom's creating all this undue stress and drama herself, hence a a heart attack in your Mm -hmm. mid-40s. Right. Yes, passing from a heart attack. So her dad, who did live nearby, did reappear to offer support. But Sarah's world, because mom probably badmouthed dad and kept him out as much as possible, the brother... Uh, Marshall and Lucille asked actor Conrad Nagel and Rupert Hughes, remember from earlier, to become their guardians. And that's what they did. (coughs) Um, Three weeks after her mother's death, on the 13th of March, 1925, Lucille passed away at age 14 in her Hollywood home. There were there was an Episcop- Episcopal service and her ashes were placed with her mother's in the same urn and interred at the Forest Lawn uh, Cemetery in Glendale, California. How did she pass? Several things. One option is she died of a broken heart. People think that without her beloved mother, she could no longer function and she too passed away from just pure sadness. Nervous breakdown brought on by overwork. People think that, hey, she was overworked. Obviously, she had a nervous breakdown. That's that. Um, her death certificate said she had pulmonary tuberculosis, which I think is a straight-up fucking lie. The bigger, more realistic potential is a botched abortion. She was married to Sydney. People think that Sydney got her pregnant. And when they went to abort it, there were complications from the abortion, and that's why she actually passed away. So we don't know what truly happened. All we know is that she's laying to rest with her mother in Glendale. After the fact, her brother went on to graduate law school with the support of his guardians. He did went on go on to become a success, successful lawyer in San Francisco. He also had a family with twin boys who followed in his footsteps, and they said that he has never spoken of the loss of his mother and sister 
period. So wow. she was used, probably abused, and exploited as fuck. So how did I come across this story? When I was at my sister's cooking, I was listening to a show called The Ghost Inside My Child. Uh, season one, episode six is called Silent Film Star, and it actually caught my attention. So okay, what's, it's a television show? Yes. And I, I watched it on Discovery Plus. I'm imagining you can just Google it and find out where to watch it, though. So um, the the basics, basis of this show, the premise is this family has a child from birth. There's something just not right with this child. And typically speaking, they have obsessions. They have stories of, you know, who they were before they were children. Essentially, there's it's reincarnation chatter. And this particular episode had a young girl she was born and eventually became obsessed with silent films actors and actresses from the 1920s she was obsessed with this guy called jack pickett and jack pickett i think is his name was actually a um child not super child but child actor alongside lucille and they were actually his name, his name was Jack Pickford, and they were actually cast in the movie The Hillbilly together. She was a leading lady, and he was really good to her. Another film they were in together was Galloping Fish. The reason I bring these two up is, as this younger girl was starting to get older, her mother started getting very curious about what was going on. She was very much into silent films she would watch these movies she would come out of her room like at one day she came out of her room and she had perfect pin curls in her hair with a bonnet and like mom didn't teach her that she didn't have any former education on how to do that let alone the dexterity as a child to kind of do that to herself right so they started getting deeper and deeper into it and finally when the girl was old enough she saw i'm going to use air quotes herself in a film and said that's me and so her mother decided to take her to a historian and the historian had you know the the life the death the in-between and and like um validated a lot of these things that this young girl her name is amy um was basically stating claiming that she remembered and recalled so to this day you can go watch the show you can Google Lucille Rickson Amy and find the girl who is supposedly, which I believe is reincarnated, Lucille, and watch that show. And it's crazy bonkers, but I think it's real. And so that's how I came up with our story today. <laughs> what a ride. Right. And like the show doesn't necessarily say much about Lucille herself. It's obviously more geared towards the family, their experience, etc. So after watching that show and doing my research, yeah, it's very probable that that was a reincarnation situation. Just crazy, crazy stuff. Hmm. So um, Michael Gankarich.wordpress.com. I do believe that's the guy in the show. I didn't make that connection until I went back and watched the episode. Wikipedia um, and Encyclopedia Britannica. Um, and then Beatrice Tonner Sart. 
Tonnen Sennert. Yep. Beatrice, T-O-N-N-E-S-E-N-A-R-T.com. Where are my sources for this one today? Well, that's incredibly sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, okay. To come full circle with this Amy situation, um, are, are the other episodes in this show about other kids who think that they are reincarnated as someone else? So yes. each episode features like a different family and their child person yep. or whatever. Okay. Two families were in each episode. So she shares an episode with another family whose son was born and he's like hearing impaired in one ear. It turns out they figured out who he was in a former life and he actually fell off a roof, hit that side of his head, passed away. And when he was born again, he had issues with that side of his head hearing wise. So hmm. there's like little, there's instances throughout the show mm-hmm. where it's like, crazy mm-hmm. i mean there's so many times documented where kids are clued into spirit world maybe mm-hmm. not a reincarnation but um you know saying that's so and so and they see a picture and mm-hmm. there's no way they could know who they are right because they're not old enough you know like it's you know uh, yeah, that's shows- Larry who passed away or something, and he's like, Oh, I saw him last night in my room or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, he told me his name is Larry. And then I the, mean the parents are like, How did you know that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's one episode where they take they take a kid, one of the kids, to the uh living like he had been a war hero and he passed away during the war, and they took him to the former life's sister who was still alive and as soon as he entered the room you could see his demeanor shift to what i have to assume was his previous role in life and he started talking to her like they had because they were brother and sister like they had their own language he was using the words they used he called her the nickname he called her like right off the rip Mm. so like it's just it's quite a kind of a crazy show a little heavy but it's it's a good one yeah so back to our hoe of history now, mm-hmm. our own show. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Do you think that one of the other options, I guess, or maybe this is tied to them saying that Lucille had a mental or nervous breakdown is basically suicide? It could be that too. Because like, I feel like that's just a nice way to say she killed herself. Yeah. No, I don't know if she was harming herself. That's a good question. Well, she may not have been harming herself, but if they're saying, like, she died from a nervous breakdown, well, how do you die from a nervous breakdown? Right. Her heart stops or something like that. I don't know if she... Yeah, I don't... There was actually nothing about self-harm or completion of suicide there, but Mm. it's a very large possibility because it's the 20s. Who fucking knows? They're a bunch of fucking liars. Yeah. I... I mean, if I was in her shoes, I would see it as a viable option. Yeah. To be honest. Potentially. Potentially. I mean, I don't know. Again, she 
she crashed and burned so she was a she was like a mm-hmm. what is it falling yeah. star super bright crashed really fast sort of thing oh god that was a sad one today yeah sorry and that you you wanted to do that one over <laughs> the women in football i told you it was i feel like the women in football would be much more uplifting for everybody else <laughs> get you out of the funk man <laughs> yeah oh. I, but i i'd like to think that her story which is you know fairly well documented but kind of the same story helped improve the conditions for child stars in the in the following Mm. times but i imagine that will never be attributed directly to her passing right yeah well either way thank you for sharing with us today and Mm -hmm. um taking us on that little journey on how you found out who she was (laughs) (laughs) i swear if somebody was to say guess what sarah's watching or guess where sarah found this information i'd be like i don't i i have no idea it it could be anything (laughs) truly it could be oh she did have some money so her estate and savings were divided amongst relatives and co-workers her father received a quarter of her life insurance and became the administrator of state um rupert hughes and conrad nagel were awarded the remaining amount for the benefit of marshall erickson brother of the deceased and the two were named as his guardians so yeah um she was in so many fucking movies like i can't even one two eight from 1920 yeah they were just churning those bad boys out though like around 50 movies that's insane that is insane Considering she only lived to be 14. Right. She was in more movies than like some actors and actresses today that just over their lifetime. Yeah. Because it's a much different process now. Right. But yeah, way more competitive, probably. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure TikTok is a thing. You can see it there. (laughs) Well, is it time for Atta Girls? It really is. It is time for Atta Girls. Atta girls are where we pat ourselves on the back for something good that we've done or something good that's happened to us. Uh, I don't know why I had to yawn at that moment. Apologies. <laughs> Damn it. I can't stop. Sorry, I'm now so... it's contagious. Now whoever's listening is yawning too. I'm so sorry. That was a weird spot to yawn. I'm not um, sorry. So my uh, Atta girl is that I've had... Mm, a couple of situations recently where I have had a a, a a little ting in my gut, if you will, like a little oh. like being from um, your intuition, listen to it. And I don't know if there would have been like a big problem or not, but basically avoided issues oh. by being the person to be like, wait, time out something's weird Mm? something's weird here just even but like small things like i was sent over some paperwork and it had a loan number on it for my existing mortgage and i'm looking at this number 
now granted like my loan is paid automatically i don't really have my loan number um memorized uh nor do i see it that often but because of doing all the paperwork i mean i've seen it recently but anyway so i look at that n loan number and i'm like i should check this hmm. i did it was wrong oh no see i need to start listening to that gut because i was like i should buy carrots and i didn't and i need carrots nope that was celery <laughs> i should buy salad dressing <laughs> and i didn't i needed fucking salad dressing like i need it's, to tune in at the grocery yes. store i don't well, know why or i don't in life in general just in, i mean it's right there it literally is sitting there telling you you need to get this you need to get this and you're like that's strange wonder why i'm thinking about salad dressing like that's what i mean it's it's been happening a lot lately where it's like mm, you should double check that at a girl mm, you should maybe look that one up real quick before you put your name on there mm. at a girl yeah so intuition's been strong lately and i don't know why it's stronger now than pluto has been maybe it is pluto um fucking pluto pluto is in uh what aquarius as of january 20th of aquarius <laughs> so it very well could be there's something going on for sure um whether it's the universe or the planets aligning or i don't know but uh i've had quite a quite a few like little little ding 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness what well, a girl i'm glad that you've avoided thanks potentials thanks. i don't even know what you avoided yet i don't know we what i avoided know. either to be honest but i just like i was talking to my realtor and i was like um this number is wrong and he's like well you can you know still submit it anyway and we can change it and i'm like no i don't i'm not comfortable with that i'd rather just change it and only sign one and not have like the potential for confusion Mm -hmm. you know so not only am i like getting the ding listening to it doing the work but then now i'm also having to defend the ding the ding right mm -hmm. and so it's it's a lot technically to follow see, it all the way through the age of aquarius amount mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. just un unsurmountable patience <laughs> good happy I'm glad for you at a girl mine Thank is you. a um i feel like could be triumphant in my own right so we moved into this house a year and some months ago i am just envisioning the former owner's uncle being over here doing his thing um what? my kitchen my kitchen cabinetry is i'm assuming just a bunch of spare parts put together because none of the oh. match yeah, Tio. He came like, in what? here and I like he came your in and former ran homeowner's uncle. Like who? What? <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch of <laughs> like Tio specials man. going on in here. No, yeah, Tio yeah. specials. Like you know, and I didn't unfortunately get an, an inspection on this house when we moved into it because I was we were running out of time. So I have no idea what I'm up against. We just you know I don't I don't recommend it. It was a poor move, but at the time yeah. I didn't get a ding. So I just went with it. Oh boy. Yeah. So I, I don't feel know. like a home inspection, whether you get a ding or not, like 
is my really advice important. is to just do it. Yeah, just do it. Take the time. And I, I don't think I would have. I, I think that we are running out of time for somebody to land. Like I think Seth's um, loan or lease was up. And if we would have gotten the thing, he would have had to pay for another month. You know, just a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, I remember lecturing you on this and saying, just pay for the other month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we didn't. Just, just. Yeah, and I don't. So I don't know what I'm dealing dealing with here. But, um, the the cupboards, the cabinetry, it seems that it's starting to pull away from the wall. <laughs> and it very well could be because the weather, mm-hmm. they you know redid this. Re, they had mm-hmm. redone it, and things are finally starting to settle. Mm-hmm. I have granite countertops and the seam from the not the black splash splash. There's like a piece of granite that goes over the top of the counter on the mm-hmm. back wall mm-hmm. yep. and that seam has started to pull apart behind the sink so i was not okay with that of course because it'll mm-hmm. ruin everything if it gets wet moldy and starts to get water damaged mm-hmm. well and now you're the Kulk queen after you did your well yeah bathroom. of course because i felt i was feeling strong you know getting that one seam in the bathroom <laughs> oh took it upon myself this weekend to take everything off the countertop take all the old caulk that's in there that looks like it may have been separated and stretched apart i went and looked underneath the cabinets to see is it secured do i need to screw anything tighter i looked and there's like a bunch of shims that are all willy-nilly under there and i'm like okay mm. it could just be sagging now mm-hmm. um so we did, went ahead and redid the caulk, and there's a quarter-inch gap where I don't believe there was one at all at one point. Mm. Um, but we caulked it up good, solid, and uh, we're back. I redid my soap dispenser with the, a fresh seal on that little new gasket there. And um, yeah, things seem to be dried. We'll see how it goes. It's ugly as sin. I hate it. But you didn't use a clear it's one? Sealed. I did. It's just so thick. Oh. It looks like it's acrylic or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bright blue acry- acrylic. But it's sealed. <laughs> yeah. It's ugly as fuck, but it's sealed. So we're going to see in the summertime what happens if things settle and revert back to what they may have been prior. We'll mm. find out. But we're going to mm-hmm. get a contractor in here. And I might actually end up splurging on a home inspection before the year is over. Because I'm so fucking nervous at this stage. I don't know what happened anymore. And I'm not trying to guess. I don't want any surprises. But yeah, my cupboards, like my cupboard faces do not all match. They are literally two separate cupboards. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I have a great home inspector if you'd like. Um, there's some things that they're not going to call out in a home inspection, like the fact that your cupboards are mismatched, but no, I don't you care know, about that. yeah, I know. But, um, if they're securely fastened to the wall, I'm hoping is something they would come back with. Yes or no. Or I don't understand truly why the face of my cupboards are popping off. And I recognize now that like they used spare parts for everything. I don't believe anything was created custom. I think they went in there and were like, hey, 
looks like there's some leftover cabinetry. Can I have that, please? And then mm-hmm. they just took it and used it. Like when I moved in, all the cupboards had to be redone so that they were opening in the right way, you know? Mm. They're all opening backwards. Like, I, mm. it was strange. That's odd. It was, it was, you know, like when you go under the sink, they, they open like doors mm-hmm. together outward. Mm-hmm. But they were on the opposite sides. So it was like mm-hmm. the gall wings on a door to get into my <laughs> cupboards. <laughs> Sirs, <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking, but that's not it. <laughs> so that was a fun time. Oh, boy. Uh, home ownership. Don't do it. <sighs> I mean, I, it depends on what you want to do it for. <laughs> I like it. That's I like cool. projects, though. I like, I do, so. too. I certainly do, but not on my daily driver. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at that sink more than I'm in my bed. Fuck. I'm not trying to screw that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Well, if you guys liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. You can request a hoe of history on Instagram at homans underscore chronicles, or you can email us homanspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can get your homance merch on Etsy at my Etsy shop, uh, nicolebonneville.etsy.com. And you can join the closed group on Facebook, the Homance Chronicles, a judgment free zone, if you feel like it. Right. So I think that's everything. It is. Homance out. (laughs) 